0: welcome to the winged wheel podcast here to talk all things hockey are your hosts brad crisco ryan hannah and evan lobsinger
1: brad why have you
2: been up for 15 hours because i have children and they don't care that
1: it's a quarantine
0: <laughs> that's evan, very I'm, selfish of your children
1: it is very selfish of your children evan have you been up for 15 hours
0: um, I got up at 7:55 today, five minutes before I start work. Oh yeah, that's and amazing. if my math is correct, that means I have not.
1: I'm close. I'm 13. Mel has had a 8:30 uh, interview. Right? Oh interview. Uh, no, 8:30 uh, meetings every day of this quarantine. Um, since we started working from home, like legitimately every day and every morning. I cannot stop my stupid garbage existence f- from rolling over as she gets out of bed at 8.27 and saying, have a good commute.
0: <laughs> that is awful.
1: A- and I'm sorry about it. I really am sorry about it. Um, oh, the names today on the podcast are are a little bit more fun. I literally just got yours now, Brad. Welcome to the Wayne Wheel podcast. <laughs> I'm Brad's barber. I'm Dustin E. Child.
0: I don't get that
1: destiny child
0: oh yeah and I, it, it I was, did lit- me a I, was I was doing a hard dustin Let's, <laughs> maybe we might need to edit that out
1: <laughs> a hard dustin is definitely a sex thing in like 43 states in six provinces i didn't hold on i'm pulling up urban dictionary as we speak <laughs> oh please don't that famous famous last words uh last episode um Last episode, we had a, uh, a little hitch with the new remote uh, podcasting uh, tools we've been using. So for those who haven't caught on or who maybe haven't tuned in in a little while, we are uh, quarantining in our own respective homes and doing this podcast remotely via webcam uh, and audio. Um, so the uh, the technical hoops that we have to jump through a little bit more plentiful right now so bear with us as we work through those and last episode uh evan's computer had a little uh, a glitch where he lost about seven seconds of recording and it just chopped him out and so during overtime people kept saying why is evan just talking over you guys And I went, what? And someone went, oh, I think the audio is out of sync, which has never happened. Usually the video is out of sync from the audio, but never just the audio. And I went and looked or listened, I should say. And it was, it was just like Evan's audio got chopped. But half the people who reported it just thought Evan stopped caring about the conversation. and just started talking over us, which says a lot about us as a podcast, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened, but my computer pooped its pants and. Hold on. Hold on, you don't know what happened, Evan.
1: Tell everyone that before Brad and I you, what tabs and windows you had open before we clicked record on this podcast.
0: No, it's incriminating. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I'm multitasking times five or six. He
1: hearing- had a, a a gaming stream up on a website that rhymes with uh, switch um he had a page of gifts he had two presentations open he had recording software because his computer is the one recording the video for this uh because it was melting mine uh anything else that i missed evan oh uh oh, this this video conference yeah what else
0: um i had an entire gif page open if you didn't say that yeah well you know just a-, just a couple of memory intensive things <laughs> Nothing to be alarmed about.
2: Those are only the things we can say because this is a child-friendly podcast.
0: Exactly. The patron-exclusive episode gets the full list. Oh, and if you guys (laughs) haven't
1: listened... Uh, Two things have dropped on Patreon since our last episode. Brad dropped his uh, preliminary draft rankings or his first full uh, round of uh, draft rankings. So go check out that list. And then we also dropped um, our newest Patreon exclusive episode. Uh, That's not the top five Joe moments. This is an all Q&A episode using questions that we asked uh, or questions that you guys asked like a month or two ago. So that's a little proof of concept so you guys can tell us whether you want to do more. And then um, you can give us some more questions or fewer. I don't know. I don't care it's your life quarantine do what you do I hope everyone's doing okay I don't think we say that enough I hope everyone's doing alright
0: I'm just this bored is hard. I'm, I'm running bored. out of things to do
1: what's a hard realization is when you feel uh, like exhausted or like no motivation for something and you're like how where do I get off thinking that like we were sitting in the living room after work and we literally were just like mucking about on the couch we just turned it to yams and did nothing and i groaned i was like we got to get up and have dinner and do something and then i have to go up and record this podcast and i went oh my god how am i complaining we don't do anything we don't do anything you get
0: sick and tired of the things that you used to do that you wouldn't that you would just fill your time with and now you Mm -hmm. can't even fill your time with those because you don't like them anymore like video games i can't I, i can only play so much I'm just yeah. bored. I need
1: something new. I mean, you've logged a lot of hours on Animal Crossing. Like, you're just obsessed. Thousands.
0: Thousands. I'm like Doc Antle now. <laughs> but with more uh, wives.
1: Did you guys watch the uh, extra episode they dropped? I did not. Tiger King? Is it, I haven't you? either. I have. Is it good? good? Mm, meh. Uh, it's, right,
2: well. it's it's just interviews. Uh, Joel McHale, for whatever reason, it's Joel McHale interviews a bunch of the people that were in the documentary and they don't say anything we didn't really already know they just give their opinions on everybody for the most part and it was the most weirdly edited interview i've ever seen like you could tell they just like talked to each of this each of these people for like an hour and a half but only put like seven minutes in and didn't put the full context behind every answer so it was it was fine it was worth a watch considering we have nothing better to do but i had i had higher expectations
1: so just like the show then yeah not the higher expectations though i don't think anyone could have walked into that show and not had those exact or had lower expectations than what they got all right hockey uh on this episode of the winged wheel podcast we are going to um be chatting about stuff you know just to talk about that hockey uh there's a few interesting what ifs, rank these, compare these kind of things uh, that have gone out in terms of all-time teams, um jerseys, uh we might take a look at next year's team just a quick mock up of what that might look like and then um get into our draft profiles before um maybe one or two quick hits and then overtime. Uh yeah, so the Red Wings have or put out a list of um two different teams or all-time red wing teams is an all-world red wings team and an all north america team and uh, pretty much saying which one would you pick and i thought this was a pretty interesting exercise because um i don't know we might get different answers here uh do you guys have those in front of you yes uh, very quickly, the all world team. First line, uh, Kozlov, Fedorov, Hosa. Second line, Holmstrom, Datsuk, Franzen. Third line, Nyquist, Zetterberg, Klima. And fourth line, Tatar, Laryanov, Hudler. Defensive pairings, Lidstrom, Konstantinov, Cronwall, Fatisov, Ericsson, Yuri, Fischer. Goalies, Hashik, and Mrazek. And then for Team North America, you have Lindsay, Eiserman, Howe, Shanahan, Dion, uh, Mickey Redmond. Probert Delvecchio, Ogrodnik, and Gallant, Allman, Cicerelli. And then the defensive pairs are Red Kelly, Chris Chelios, Reed Larson, uh, Pronovost, and Bergman, Rafalski. And then goalies are Terry Sachuk and Chris Osgood. Which one of those teams would you take?
2: Team World loses by default because they had to put Jonathan Erickson on there. Yeah. Is there no one better than Erickson to stick on there? Um, you would think so, but the fact that nobody immediately came to mind is a little concerning. <laughs> I've been Phil,
1: trying. Philip Horonick. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not unreasonable to say that he'll probably project better through, over the course of a career.
2: I would think, like, I, I have a gut feeling Heronic's already passed Erickson's career point total.
1: Do you actually think so?
2: Just look it, at the. It, four- it's probably close. I don't think he actually has because Eriksson's played for like eleven or twelve years, but yeah, it's probably closer than it should be.
0: Just look okay, at those. Four, the differences in those fourth lines, like Gerard Gallant, Norm Ullman, and Dino Cicerelli versus Tatar Larionov, which that's the the odd man out, and Yuri Hudler.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking Team North America like ten out of ten times here. I, I the only I give the advantages to the all world team on their first pair of defense. Um probably their second pair of defense and their starting goalie and maybe the third line, everything else goes to North America. Their first line's better, their second line's better, their fourth line's better. Um I'd probably take Osgood over Mrazik, so the emergency goalie's better. Bottom basement defensive pairings way better. And I mean, man, when your first line's how, Iserman, Lindsay, Like yeah, h- that's h- how could you not? That line, even out against
1: Lidstrom-Konstantinov, would do a lot of damage. Okay, but what if they did the lines differently? Like, what if they stuck Zetterberg on one of uh, Datsuk's wings, and you all of a sudden you have Zetterberg Datsuk Franzen, or Zetterberg Datsuk Holmstrom, which used to be a line in the day. That well, would be who's the center there then? Because you're switching, pulling Zetterberg out of his position. <laughs> well, they did it. They did it in real life, right, for a long yeah. time. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, would that be better than uh, Dion Shanahan Redmond? Yeah, but then you, if you
2: take Zetterberg off that third line, the third line of Team uh, North America would just clown the uh the third line of the all world team like zetterberg's the only reason i give that line the advantage if you pull him off it at bottom six it's it's comically worse not comically but it's significantly worse lidstrom konstantinov kronwall fatisov is a way better top four though i mean i think we're selling red kelly and chris chelios a little short there um Reed Larson, I think we were, I mentioned him as one of them when we had that Patreon question, um, a while back about the most underappreciated Red Wings. Uh, Pronovo is a Hall of Famer too, I believe. So I, I definitely give the advantage to the all world, but I don't think it's a a chasm
1: between the two. Honestly, like, you're probably right in saying Team North America and it's all decided by that first line. Yeah. I mean, Lindsay Iserman,
2: how? Like, Lindsay Iserman, How? That's basically the end right there. Yeah, as much as we love Fedorov at center, he's not better than Iserman. And then it's Kozlov and Hossa against Lindsey and how?
1: Hot take. It should have been uh, Sergey Fedorov also on the third pair defense instead of Jonathan Erickson.
2: There's the answer. That is the proper answer. (laughs)
1: Like... (laughs) That man could have won a Norris.
2: No, like the more I think about it, I'm absolutely positive we should have put Philip Heronik instead of Jonathan Erickson there.
1: Uh, like actually. Has like, he has 50 something points compared to Erickson's 125. But so he. He's h- halfway there in nine less seasons. Well, a under half. But in, yeah, a sixth of the games, essentially. Yeah. So um, that won't take long. Erickson might just be like name recognition I'm sure there's someone's gonna whenever we have discussions like this people always bring up um names that we missed because my recall is terrible like the moment I have to try to recall something like what's the name of that actor in this movie my brain's just like oh hey uh, by the way we're not gonna be doing that so good luck in this conversation
0: Wait, would you put Andreas Lilia
1: ahead of Jonathan Erickson I probably would
0: what about Yuri Fisher was he on the list he's he's, he's on the, the
2: list. he's uh Erickson's
0: D partner in this oh episode. yeah yes yeah,
1: Um, okay. Look, I think Lilia was treated the way Erickson should have been in terms of when he was deemed expendable. So the answer to this does go to Erickson, I suppose, but only because he was held to a, in higher esteem than Lilia for one reason or another. Um, I I don't think Lilia was perfect. I think he was effective at times. And when he, he stopped being effective, they, he was gone. Um, i don't know i don't know i don't know if i would have if that's such a clear-cut answer where i'd put lily up there
0: i'm digging through all of the red wings defensemen of all time
1: oh here's uh evan's mid-episode of research he usually comes up with stuff like obvious stuff that we're missing too so it's incredibly (laughs) useful
0: it's hard there's a lot there's a lot of people who've played under 10 games not good (laughs) not good Remember well, they put hosts Rus- on the
2: first line, and he
1: played one season. Remember Robbie Russo? Oh, yeah. We never Probably. did get that seventh-round pick for him. Oh, no, we didn't, eh? No. Nope. Robbie Russo fit into that crowd of um, – had a lot of fans on Red Wings Twitter because um, he was with the Griffins and then got moved, and uh, there's a very obviously a very strong Red Wings – What uh, about
0: uh, Xavier Olette No. No, he's not. No. no. No, definitely he's Definitely not. not.
2: I'm not. Would you a... count? He was born in France, but he played internationally for Canada. Mm. Did he? Yeah, he was on the World Junior team. Huh.
0: With uh,
1: Anthony Mantha, I believe actually. Anthony you know, Mantha might be a better choice, and he's Canadian and not a defenseman.
0: You know what? <laughs> Erickson might be on the list. Oh frick. It's not looking great. <laughs> like I That's said,
2: or Fedorov plays double duty.
0: Oh, that is not good. Anders Uh, Eriksson. What about uh, Jakob Kindle? Uh, No.
1: No, No. look, and I will be the first to strike down Eriksson's good name given the opportunity because I think he's been given way more esteem than he should have been, but Kindle did not do it.
0: (laughs) No offense there. The only thing
1: Kindle did better was being drafted
0: higher. That's it. Kindle scored
2: an overtime goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I think by default that puts him
0: ahead. I think Philip Heronik wins. I don't see anybody. There's a lot. Oh, I, I I, I've got it.
2: Moe Sider. <laughs> I w- uh, oh. <laughs> May, yeah, maybe. It, it's I was going to say Moe
1: Sider is a joke, and then I realized Heronik was actually a halfway reasonable answer.
2: Oh, man. The, the the Red Wings have a stable of European defensemen coming. You got to think a good chunk of Sider, Tuomisto, Johansson will pan out. So
1: Lind Lindstrom, Lindstrom,
2: yeah. He he
1: should. I would bet on him having a better career than Ericsson, even though I'm not uh, super high on him. I don't know, guys. I think everyone should tweet at Brad again to tell him he's wrong about Lindstrom.
2: I'm not. Bef- before the episode, Lindstrom. this is okay.
1: <laughs> Gustav
2: Lindstrom on defense. Is treated the way Christopher N is treated on forward. They get so much love for not being incompetent. Guys, raise the bar. Please, I'm begging all of you. I have seen so many arguments on the subreddit and Twitter. Not as much about Lindstrom lately, but for whatever reason, Christopher N. Oh, he's a great skater and he's defensively. Yes, and he has four points a season. I don't care. When you are, you can be. A god defensively, but if you are just that catastrophically bad offensively, how are you going to be a net positive on the season? How?
0: I think anyone, he just is such a replaceable role where anyone could get four points.
2: If you want to have an argument with me about why Christopher N should be in the lineup over Dominic Turgeon or he's there to leave Rasmussen in the minors to develop, yeah, if, if you want to have the, I'm, all four. I get it. I probably agree with you. But if Christopher N is on this team in three years, we have a big effing problem. And Gustav right. Lindstrom is like a little above that for me. If he's the number six guy, I'm I'm good with that. But if he's playing in our top
1: four, we have problems. Um. So we have it now on the record. Brad literally hates Gustav Lindstrom. Moving on. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> See, it's quarantine, so you can't hit me from where you are. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'm
2: you know what's uh, that scene from The Office where I'm just taking notes? I, it's a count. I know what? how many shots I have to get in the next time I'm in the same room as you. What office characters are we? Oh, God, I don't even want to know the answer to that. I hate giving it.
1: I hate giving this to Evan, but he is Jim.
0: Yes, I'm the only <laughs> good one.
1: Evan <laughs> literally is Jim. Oh, man. I don't want to know the answers to this. Maybe we shouldn't go further than that.
2: No. No. There's points
1: where you're Creed, Brad.
2: Okay. I haven't watched enough of The Office to be able to know.
1: And there's points where you're Dwight.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I don't want to say Dwight, but sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, there's been these things going around uh, from teams um, where they, like, list nine different jerseys or logo variations, oh, and they're like, you have to keep three. I'm um,
2: sick of these. The, not like, just you the know, jersey things, but the nine-panel thing. All my Twitter feed is, is nine-panel quizzes
1: now. Please, people, be more creative. No, 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 people. No, don't let Brad p- place these unrealistic expectations on you. We need content, Brad. So Bradley, do the better
2: w- content. We've somehow managed to go over an hour every episode with nothing to talk about. If three dumbasses like us can pull content out of our butt, <laughs> people can do better than nine images on Twitter.
1: Anyways, we're going to talk about nine images on Twitter. Uh,
2: <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hate everything right now.
1: Okay. The nine different jerseys put out are the uh, Modern D Stadium Series jersey with the white gloves. This is uh, going to be a
2: high point for content this episode is lis- listening to Ryan describe nine
1: jerseys. <laughs> Barbara Pohl, uh <laughs> Toronto Winter Classic or the Big House Winter Classic. The Toronto Centennial Classic, Red Wings home. Uh, the like classic Gordie Howe home jersey from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I believe. Like that, not that's not where the jersey is from, but just as a reference, so you guys know which one I'm talking about. Regular Field Winter Classic, black and white All Star Game, and then regular away. Pick three to keep. Current home away Barbara pole. Thanks. Moving on. It's hard to. Which would you prefer if you had to keep one between the current home and the current away? Which would you keep? Uh probably the home. You always got to go with the red. They're both beautiful. They're both classic jerseys. But there's just something. Maybe it's nostalgic, but there's just something so iconic about the white jersey with the red sleeves.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love it. But red is red. Like it's. We're the red wings. We need a red jersey.
1: Uh, Winter classic from the big house. Current home and current away.
2: Yeah, you can't not have those two in there. They're classic. They're iconic. He, you, There's a reason the Red Wings haven't changed those jerseys in the better part of a century.
1: Evan, if you had to pick your three favorites.
0: Uh, what were the three again? Barber pole.
1: Uh, what were the nine, you mean? Oh, you're Sorry. making
2: him relist it? God. <laughs> pick your three Sorry. favorite Red Wings jerseys. You know Red Wings jerseys.
0: <laughs> uh, the winter classic at the Big House. Our current ones and Barber Pole. Okay. Actually, no, I like the other Winter Classic one as well.
1: Yeah, that one was With hard to D. leave off. Yeah. I almost took that one over the regular away jersey, but I felt that made me feel like a heretic, so I didn't do it. Now, um, anyways, if you guys want to know, uh, want more, pick one from these nine content uh, pieces, send them to me, and I'll make sure to shoehorn them in the episode so Brad has no choice but to answer.
2: The first couple were fun, and I think I even participated in a few of them on Twitter. And then it's all it was. It's like if you you can only pick three veggies, pick. I don't care. I pick none. Piss off. I've been eating my daughter's Easter onions. There'll be one soon, and I'm sure I'll be tagged in it.
1: You get tagged in all the Dallas Stars content because of that picture of you. One picture from like 12 years ago. Yeah, (laughs) actually, it's funny though. If you go,
2: I I've made all my shit private now, but. It'd get worse if people ever found my childhood pictures because Kitchener used to be the, the junior stars growing up. <laughs> I think my Actually, I think my Instagram profile picture, I put a minor hockey picture of myself in the stars uniform. The That's old Kitchener like stars.
1: Again, everyone, I do have access to Brad's social media, so for a high, high price, I can send those pictures over to you.
2: Buddy, I am begging for an excuse to delete all of it. Please give it to me. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay let's get over to draft content uh the topic of today's uh nhl draft prospect profile is none other than noel or noel i can't i don't know which one it actually is gunner uh, Gunler, if you want to be specific but that sounds weird so i'm gonna call him Gunler. um out of the shl he's a right winger so brad take us away on Gunler.
2: um I feel like it would be unfair to call him this year's Josh Hosang, but I feel like he's this year's Josh Hosang. The talent cannot be questioned. The guy is not far behind Lucas Raymond and Alex Holtz for the best Swedish prospect going into this draft. On a pure talent level, he's he might actually be right there with them uh horrendously inconsistent like I, you hear that a lot and it's like oh yes, a good game and then uh, not as good game uh Gundler's been the guy he'll have a dominant game in the SHL and then be almost literally invisible the next game it's it's stunning how night and day he is um f- when he's on He doesn't have uh, many weaknesses in his game. He's a, he's a good skater, a fantastic shot, good playmaker, excellent hands. Uh, when he's on, he's actually a good defensive player as well. Um, the, the problem is that seems to be 50 to 75% of the time. Um, the biggest red flag for me with Gundler, um, isn't just the inconsistency. It's that he was left off of every, major swedish international team this year so uh, these are the people who would know him better than anybody else and they're not putting him uh, he didn't make the u18s last year he wasn't on the world junior team uh, it's, it's concerning like why would a guy with that talent not be on those teams um so again i always look at upside but these are a lot of red flags, and I, I don't know if he's got attitude issues, and I hate speculating on that stuff. But the way people talk about him, he appears to be this year's Josh Hosang.
1: Yeah, the, the point you made about him not being featured in major international tournaments is, again, agreeably disappointing. Um, How telling it is, I think it, it's tough because he's playing on a good SHL team, right? So how much he's exposed makes uh, makes a little bit of a harder sell for him but in general um in europe that's not always held against players for the kind of tournaments he didn't get picked for so there is something to be said like like you mentioned um about the eyes that would know him best as a swedish prospect not selecting him for those those competitions so from a prospect analysis standpoint and from um like you know making an argument for himself as a high-end draft pick standpoint that was a it wasn't very um, it didn't paint him in a great picture. That said, it is important to note like, he's a supreme shooting talent. He's one of the best shooting talents in this draft. Um, I think probably a top, like, top five shooting talent. And then I think that's because there's a ton of good goal scorers coming in the first round here. Um, the consistency thing there's a certain allowance in my head where I'm okay with the player not being consistent because development is development, right? Like a player is not perfect, a perfect version of themselves the whole way through their growth as a hockey player. So, um, part of that is being able to put out the best product on the ice every single game, game in and game out. And that doesn't come naturally for everyone. Um, or, you know, that doesn't come right away. So, I'm usually pretty forgiving on that but still for him it was enough it's enough where it, it does also draw a concern um, and and to juxtapose this all um, of him being left
2: off the Swedish teams uh, like you said playing on a very good Lulia team in the SHL his usage and role went up throughout the year so he clearly earned his coach's trust on um, that team despite the
1: inconsistencies so that would be a tick in the positive box yeah for sure um he's got good skill and like i said a good shooting talent um i don't think there's a lot to be said for um his skating i I don't think it's particularly great um he's not like you're not he's a winger he's a he's a scoring winger with like you know offensive talent so you're never gonna expect him to be a good defensive player but he's he, he works best on one end of the ice and that's the end of that so he seems to be like a uh I'm drafting middle of the first round and I need to swing for the fences on a guy who could end up being a top 10 talent in this draft kind of pick. So, he's got skill. Um it doesn't scream at you that it's like elite high-end skill or or he's going to for sure pan out. Like Joseang is a great like I was surprised when he said that, but it makes a lot of sense. He's a he's a big risk in my mind in terms of what you're at what you'd be asking of him drafting him anywhere like 15 or above.
0: The so old- basically he's a project. Like he's going to take three four years and there's not a lot of teams who want to wait that long in the first round you know there are a lot of there are teams that have that luxury of waiting but when you draft in the first round your idea is to have that player in the nhl within one two three seasons at the absolute longest and
2: old school hockey mentality exists so uh, again to compare it directly to saying there's no way I could see Lou Lamorello drafting this guy because that old-school mentality still exists in a lot of organizations. So I, I would argue before the draft even starts, there are not 31 options for him in the first round. Really? You think so? I I, I truly believe that. I don't agree with it. Um, if if Gundler slips out of the first round, unless someone else very prominent slips, I'll be screaming for Detroit to draft him at 32. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mm, it's I know it's going to happen. It always happens. These whether these character issues are founded or not, teams believe them, they buy into them, and given that there probably won't be a combine this year, there might not be interviews. Teams won't get a good uh face-to-face feel on the kid, so they might not even he might be on the do not draft list cuz well, it wasn't uh, that many years ago where how many reports came out that there were several teams that had Ryan Merkley just simply do not draft. Yeah. If he was available in the third round, they were not going to take him. Those teams will not take Noel Gundler.
1: Can you imagine how much Ken Holland is pulling out his hair that not being able to interview these kids? How will he know if he's a good good hockey kid? How will he, how will he know if he's a, he's a good... Uh, He's so the right character and uh, the kind of guy you want in your system. Just a, a winning attitude and um, good, one hundred percent solid kid. I was a Mike Babcock voice, not a Ken Holland voice. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, so. yeah. When you t- just take out the vowel, that's Mike Babcock. Yeah, essentially everything is a uh, an A. That sounds like an O, or just a straight up O with Mike Babcock. He's he's a good plur. Yeah, good plur. Uh, well, that was what drove me nuts when they picked Rasmussen, right? Like they talked about his interview and how much he impressed him in his interview, and I'm like. <sighs>
0: Not the end there's a that, lot of right? con men selling snake oil out there uh-huh.
2: not that Rasmussen is one of those guys by all reports he's a good <laughs> dude but yeah no it's man employers have hired me anybody
1: can <laughs> bullshit away through an interview okay <laughs> and like it's not a job interview admittedly i don't know i don't know what do i know i it also kind of is
0: it, it, actually, it, it, it actually
1: very much is it literally is i don't know why i said it's that. That it's more of
0: like rude. a job conversation because the play the players have i guess little choice on if they go there or not um but they can base that conversation on the yay i'm happy to be here or, oh god here we go
1: who was it uh, was it was a kirby doc that said eisman asked him if he smoked weed
0: yeah i think so yeah <laughs>
1: It was Kirby Doc and Alex Turcott, and they were smoking that shit up every day. I just love the idea of Steve Eisman. Like, because we all know Steve Eisman, right? Like we watched him as a Red Wing for 20 years. So like him playing it very close to the chess as a GM. That's GM Steve Eisman. That's not G- Steve Eisman the person. So you know, like behind closed doors, he just walks in, he smoked that Kush. You got that good on dope. you right now.
2: You're rolling a blunt? What's that smell? Let me smell your breath.
1: I don't think you smell weed on people's breath. Oh, maybe you do. I don't
2: know. You can all. I don't know if it's off their breath, but you can always smell it on them.
1: Uh Brad, this is wholesome content here. Not all of us do that. Okay. I don't. Evan has a cross in the background. Please. That's, That's true. No. no, he does not.
2: <laughs> I'm. I was looking for. I'm like, I'd believe it.
1: Uh, what would be the most like? if you're a GM in a, in a draft interview room, like what do you actually care to ask? I would love to be a fly on the wall for one of those teams. The New Jersey devils actually employ a
2: psychologist to build out their questions and be part of the interview. They don't care what the answer is. They care the player, the player's approach to the answer. I have don't ask why I've actually read several articles and listened to several interviews about the why? subject. Why? Why? Because yeah. I'm a broken human being. Um, they, they want to keep the kids on their toes. They want honest responses. They want confidence, but they don't want arrogance. It's, it's tricky. So they ask the questions to get as best possible to get the player's personality to come out. They don't want scripted answers. If someone comes in and gives me perfect answers out of a hundred out of a hundred questions I ask, I know they stole the test. Right. Like you got to keep them on your toes. It's like it gets mocked all the time, but that, one question Spencer Knight got asked is the exact type of question every team asks. What do you what do you prefer more, stopping pucks or preventing goals? And then you have to explain your reasoning why. They don't care what your answer is. It's the same thing either way, but they want to see how you get to that answer.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just funny like you grow up playing hockey and the best hockey players you know are are still just as liable to be complete total fucking meatheads. Just like, you know, 53 average in any science or math courses, but just gets by because they're an amazing hockey player. And it doesn't like a stupid person in, in in like everyday life does not make for a stupid hockey player. Like one of the smartest defensive partners I've ever had in my life was just like, oh man, he could not make his way through a group project. Good dude. Like tried his hardest, but good just couldn't do it in school. But like such a smart defenseman. It's like when you hear Drew Doughty talk. And like when Drew Doughty was in his prime, like you he, he wanted like an incredibly smart defenseman. But then you hear him talk, you're like, oh, buddy, yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad you're really good at hockey, you know? <laughs> just, oh, good for you. So it's funny to, to like, and it makes sense that it, it like gets put together this way, but it's funny that so much stock is put into these guys having an everyday real-life interview. I'm not saying it's unimportant. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like, no, it definitely exists for a reason. It's just such a weird, like, juxtaposition because you compare that to job interviews and it's, like, a whole different world.
2: Like, I mean, it's all part of getting every piece of information you can get. So if if we were the Detroit Red Wings picking fourth overall and... Let's say the top three went uh, Lefrenier, Byfield, Rossi. So we've been flip-flopping on Raymond and Stutzla all year. Well, what if one of those two guys was an absolute meathead in the interview and the other one was a very well-spoken, well-reasoned young kid? I mean, ties going to the better interview. You're going to take the guy, oh, this guy seems like he has a better head on his shoulders, so he'll probably adapt better. He'll probably learn more. He'll probably fit in better. So... Not that that would be what makes you pick that player, but it sure as hell would be an effective tiebreaker.
0: To me, what it shows in a one-on one-on, however many people are in the room, it shows how those people, how the players handle stressful situations like this. Um, It kind of can uh, show illustrate their their values and who they are as people um which people might not hold stock in but it it do, it doesn't does matter when you surround this person in high pressure high financial situations um with other people in the same boat so someone who interviews poorly m- may still be a great hockey player but you'd probably feel more comfortable with the person you connect with in that interview and who gives better answers and and never forget that it can always
2: go the other way too because one of the most well put together thoughtful intelligent prospects i ever talked to when i was working the nhlpa showcase back in the day was eric at branson and we know how his career panned out and if you've ever heard uh bill belichick's story about his uh, pro day interview with rob gronkowski it's something to behold they walked into the office and gronk was sleeping on the floor
0: well, if you thought Gronkowski was going to have split the atom, you're probably an idiot.
1: <laughs> Which Red Wing had the worst interview? Is it Bert?
0: I, uh, I, yeah.
2: Like it depends on worst. If you're talking who had the most like bro interview, yeah, it was it would have absolutely been Bert. I I don't know. It's there's no way to know.
1: I don't I I. Like, no, of course, there's no way to know. Like, you know, guys like Larkson and Rasmussen, like they for sure had great interviews, just like classic good old hockey boys. But like who definitely who definitely went in and just like got drafted based on who they were as a player. And they were just like, well, I was a shit interview, but the guy plays hockey. So. Someone in the sixth round
2: because the Red Wings absolutely strike me as the organization where an absolutely terrible interview would would prevent them from drafting someone. I, I could absolutely see it. Do
1: 6th round players even get talked to? If they if they were projected in the third, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think it would have been like as of the Red Wings' current roster, it must have been like Tyler Bertuzzi probably had the most like bro interview.
2: No, there's no way because he was a reach when they picked him. They if they hated his interview, they weren't. They would have waited till the third or fourth round and still maybe got him.
1: Well, they picked him because. Uh Chris Draper, who wasn't the director of scouting at the time, was all like was all over him and said, like, we need to take this guy. That was a Chris Draper pick.
2: Yeah, still he would have been in there for the interview though, right? The the interview I'm most fascinated about, obviously it didn't prevent them from picking him, is Zadina's. Because Zadina's a, a very well put together, well spoken kid, but he's confident, borderline cocky, and generally that's not a trait the Red Wings. Seem to have in their organization at any point, but they they obviously liked him enough to still pick him because uh, his talent level is so ridiculous. And I I like that attitude. Like if I'm a GM in a room, that that's a a tick in the positive box for me. But the Red Wings always strike me as the organization that isn't, uh, at least under the Holland regime, is because. It sounds bad to say because I like the guys individually, but the Red Wings, personality-wise, might have the most boring locker room in the NHL,
1: right? uh Oh, so I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. Another shot at Gustav Lindstrom. Lay off him, Brad. Jeez, come on. <laughs> I no, mean, uh, looking through the current Red Wings roster, I was like, wow, we do not like this. Is not the the '98 Red Wings, you know? Like this is a whole different beast.
2: Yeah, no. There's there's no Fedorov personalities in there. There's no Shanahan's in there. There's, I mean, some guys do like it. it looked like, uh, who was it? Mantha, Larkin, Bertuzzi, Athens. You had a had a little bro crew going. I think Bowie worked his way into that group. Uh, the two Czech Phillips could be pretty fun long term. They seem
1: to be uh, pretty outgoing guys. But yeah, it's mm, c- oh, cider save us. I, I As much as I think, as much as I get on Bowie for not playing or for his defensive play, I think he would be like one of the top picks for who would you want to go hang out with.
2: Um, There was, I was watching an interview uh, where the players interviewed each other. I think it was Bertuzzi and Fabry. Um, and when Bertuzzi asked uh, Fabry who he, the two players he'd be stuck on a stranded island with, who he'd pick, and he picked Bertuzzi and Bowie. So,
1: yeah, know. Bowie, seemed, he seems like a good dude. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm going to move us along here to a couple topics that we've been talking about continuously, but um, it's a mix of we can't get away from it and just kind of continuing the conversation. Um, More and more conversations have been had, obviously, about when, if or when um, sports can come back and uh, a little bit more credence is being given to this whole um, isolate the players, play in an empty arena idea. Um, And we've talked before about you know, skepticism on on why that wouldn't work in our minds or why it would be at risk for not working. And then obviously the benefits, which would be we'd have hockey back. Um, but essentially the messaging right now from Bettman is, is pretty conservative. He's not leaning too far one way or another. He's saying, um, I can see us, like if we're going to come back, it's going to be, mid to end of summer which we can do but that's all he's saying and he's like that's my guess and we're not going to do it until public health professionals say that's okay so that makes sense but at the same time like i'm just more and more getting the read that like they're like you're talking about isolating players in like one or two hotels and playing in like one or two arenas and like that's a conversation that's happening that is the straws being grasped at like that is last resort ideas. And that's, what's on the table right now.
2: The, that's not last resort though, because the the problem with situations like this is because that's the most outlandish idea. That's what's getting at the airtime. The NHL probably still has contingency plans in place for teams playing in their own barns in July and August or whenever it is, they, they have that plan, but that's not a, a fun topic to talk about. Cause it's not that weird. Playing uh March Madness style tournament in North Dakota is very chaotic and very fun. So of course that's what everybody's gonna talk about because um Bettman came did say today that he he's looking at they're playing games in the summer now, which I don't think comes as a surprise to anybody. I don't think we even the most optimistic of us saw a game coming before July first. Um but yeah, I'm pro whatever gets us hockey. I don't care if they scrap the regular season points percentage playoffs, best of three series, only three rounds. Fine. I cool. Do it. Give us hockey. Um, I, I don't care what it is. I have my opinions of what I think would work best given the circumstances, but splitting hairs. None of this is going to be ideal. None of these, none of the solutions are going to be good. I think people need to accept that now. Whatever option they pick relatively speaking, is going to suck. It's just what's sucky or less sucky. That That's yeah. going to be the answer. So if you sit here saying, oh, they're playing a tournament in North Dakota and they're only, that's stupid. Well, yeah, your other option was no hockey. So are you really going to complain?
0: Hey, hey, guess what? We're not going to have any hockey this summer. <laughs> hey, hey, we don't have this under control. There's not going to be any pro sports. <laughs> hey, hey, Evan, the PGA is coming back in June. I sure hope so, because I'm losing my mind.
2: They they actually have confirmed that. I think June 11th they're holding a tournament.
0: Didn't what? Florida say the WWE was considered an essential sport? <laughs> I think all all
2: sports in Florida were considered essential services. Um, so the
0: Florida Panthers and Tampa
2: Bay Lightning are hosting the playoffs. Congratulations!
0: Perfect, they're in. Um, to me, this is just Gary Bettman saving face because no commissioners right now want to say, "Yep, we're done." Um we can't have any more of our, whatever our sport is like, there's probably sponsorship, financial TV contract deals that if one of the commissioners say we're done, there could be impl- implications in terms of returned money. Um, I'm not too sure what they, what it would be, but I think he's just saving face and ho- just keep saying, yeah, maybe there will be in hopes of that miracle chance that this happens. But i I'm reserved now to the fact that there's not going to be any hockey until this gets sorted out. There may not even be hockey come November.
2: Uh, I'm going to still take the optimistic approach because the one thing that I think gets lost in all of this um, is the great unknown. And the fact that even if we're talking July 1st, which I said would be the most optimistic timeline, that's still two and a half months from now. Now, do I think this is going to pandemic going to be under control by then? No, of course not. We as a society are way we suck too much to get it under control in that amount of time. But what could happen in that time is we get a better understanding of how to properly quarantine, how to properly social distance, how. We might have a thing of, yeah, the pandemic's still going, not as severe as it was, but if you follow protocols X, Y, and Z, you could pull this off. That's something that could come from this. Again, taking the optimistic approach, because I'm with Evan. I <laughs> This isn't going to be under control anytime soon. I don't think I'm going back to work till the fall at this point. Um But there, there could be ways this could get done. I'm I'm trying to remain optimistic because if you're going to sit here and tell me we're not going to have any hockey till November, I'm going to have a breakdown.
1: I just miss doing the podcast in person. You did? I never thought. Yeah, I never thought I'd say that, but it was just like, I don't know. This is more fun in person. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Evan loves this. <laughs> you know, when we come back, Evan's going to try to convince us to do this permanently. This is his. <laughs> Yes. this is evan's shit right here no this he's
0: literally the greatest i can multitask freeze the videos and no one knows until it's already done and i'm like uh, Evan, i got a spoiler for you buddy we
2: absolutely know when you're not paying attention still <laughs> like right now
1: If <laughs> <laughs> you There's a few dead giveaways, you know,
2: (laughs) he's staring off screen into the distance without even acknowledging a thing we say for five minutes.
0: I'm an idiot and decided (laughs) to run a trivia night on Friday thinking that that would be an easy thing for me to do. It is not. Are we still doing that? Oh, Oh, no, this is for just my friends to see if I can even have the mental capacity to do it. Um... So, this is like my beta test right now. Uh, trial run. Stay tuned, folks.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the only spin off from this conversation is there's been more talk about the draft lottery. Um, and besides all the stupid crap about, you know, give everyone a chance like the Crosby draft lottery, piss off out of it here. It might right happen,
2: now. though. And I will be so angry if it does. But, like, uh, no, no. But here's the thing. I I have to look at the other side of the coin of this. As much as I would be furious if Detroit's draft odds were dropped. If I was uh, pick a good team here, the Colorado Avalanche, you're telling me I did all this work, all this job building a very successful team that should be a strong contender to win the Stanley Cup. And I have no light at the end of the tunnel now. What? Why? would the Detroit Red Wings then have a better season than me? Because if Colorado gets nothing at the end of this tunnel, I'm hap- the Red Wings are in the best position in the entire NHL right now.
1: The pandemic the- sucks for everyone, Brad.
2: No, I agree, but I could hear the argument from the other side. Because if there is no end of the season, the team that wins the draft lottery had the best season. So you could t- sit here and tell me the Red Wings were historically bad and had the best nineteen twenty. is a very likely, statistically likely outcome right now. If there's no season and the Red Wings win the draft lottery, which are the two most likely outcomes, no, we, we... Yeah, fair enough. But still, if the Red Wings win the draft lottery and there's no conclusion to the seasons, we win nineteen twenty. Like, okay. that's no bullshit. So I could see why a playoff team would be angry if they don't get a sweetener. Now, they could do creative every team that would have qualified for the playoffs gets a compliance buyout and everybody below it
1: doesn't. Okay, fine, cool. Th- there's going to have to be something, though. If you could pick between two things, those two options, either um, playoff teams get a compliance buyout and uh, non playoff, t- like lottery teams don't, but the lottery teams maintain the lottery odds, or everyone gets a compliance buyout, but then everyone gets some proportional chance at first overall, what would you pick?
2: whatever gives us the highest odds at first overall i'm not compromising that like that would that's my priority number 1 above all else right now 70 is draft games position.
1: Is, is 70 games is such a big sample like it, it's a practically a full season worth of sample size that's all the red wings have it locked you cannot take that away
2: uh I'm, what what I, I what i would be here for is if it's a modified draft lottery and the red wings odds at. Uh, whatever first overall don't change, but the non-playoff teams get in the draft lottery and they could win to jump up to, let's say, pick 10.
1: I think they should have, like I mentioned before, two lotteries. Lottery teams keep their own. Non-lottery teams or playoff teams do one there to, draw, to jump from 31 to, to 16 or whatever it is. Yeah, I could see that. Like, do it split. You still have a benefit. You jump up, you know, a whole half a round. And half a round on the first round is an insane amount of value. That's the biggest 15-pick jump that you could possibly have in the entire draft. So, that would be a decent reward. I don't know. Like, I can't look at this from a non-Red Wings fan perspective because there's just no we're so embedded like there's no way we went through all that crap to watch freaking tampa bay win alexi lafreniere right would you if you're a playoff
2: team uh, be what if there was some kind of like head start program for the 2021 season where if you if you won your division when as of now if the season's canceled you get five points to start next season teams below you get four points three points cascading so you get a head start you have earned something from this season but we're not putting you in the draft lottery.
1: But if you turn that down, you get in the draft lottery. Sure. I'd be here. For the I'd, second, I'd, I take the, I'd take the draft lottery if I was a playoff team. If I was Same. a lower ranked playoff
2: team, I would. But if I was uh, Boston, Tampa team angling for a cup, give me the five points. I want that cushion. Injury
0: insurance. I bet you they take the pick because they know they're going to be better than other teams. You would
2: take 1% in the draft lottery versus five points in the standings.
0: Man, yeah, if if, they, I was they, a, if they're confident they'll make the playoffs and they can beat anybody, I would.
2: I and but I right but there. I think that's where for a Cup contender, it, yeah, you're going to make the playoffs, but those five points, I could be the difference between you making the playoffs and you winning the division or you winning the conference. Home ice matters to a lot of these
0: teams. <sighs> I'm taking right. the percentage. I like to live dangerously.
1: Yeah, you you like uh like an idiot that I know says all the time. If you have a chance at Alexi Lafreniere, you take it. If you have a chance at a Stanley Cup, that's the ultimate goal. So you take
2: that. We're taking this approach as a lottery team. Remember what we would have done in 08 or 09 or 2010 to up our odds at the cup. We would have done anything.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm going to move us over to overtime. And on this midweek episode of the Winged Wheel podcast, we are going to make this Patreon exclusive as our way of saying thanks for supporting the show. Uh, we're going to start with Kyle Sander, who says, Howdy, boys. It's your friendly neighborhood essential worker here checking in. It's been a while since I've commented. Allow me to sum up my life lately. Work consumed Netflix movies. More work developed a nasty Red Bull dependency. And to shake things up, more work kicked the Red Bull habit, played some chill and was able to fix my wacky sleep schedule. Uh, anyways, hockey question. Say that a player dies halfway through his contract, what happens after regarding the cap space? Um,
2: on f- has that ever happened?
1: I I know when Shere Panoff passed away in Russia, New York got a compensatory draft pick. I, I assume the cap hit would just disappear
2: because my God, you can't punish a team for that. Yeah, now, yeah, because I don't I don't think there's a GM that's going to go out and throw a hit on a player with a bad contract. So the team should be punished (laughs) for it. Well, that like, there's no No, reason to not
1: just wipe it. Right? No. And like, that's the kind of, that's the part of the CBA that I don't think is often discussed, but no, I, I think there's provisions in place so that teams aren't punished for that. Like, when when Alexei Sharpanov passed away in Russia, he was a Rangers uh, prospect. Um, that was a tragic situation, obviously. Um, I believe the Rangers did get a compensatory draft pick. So in that same vein, I don't think teams would be held um, to the cap. I'll dig into that a little
0: bit. It says, um, across all sports, life insurance will typically kick in and give some or all of the money to the players' estate. Um, this occurred in the NBA when Bobby F- Phil's was killed in a car crash in 2000. His contract was worth 20 million and was fully guaranteed and paid to his family. Uh the salary won't count against the team's salary cap as in the NBA um a bunch of different reasons. Um I'm trying to read this very quickly, but yeah, it sounds like insurance would pay it out. Uh
1: time for a less serious question. Favorite hockey-themed euphemism, i.e. pulling the goalie as another term for pounding one out. S- uh,
0: slapping the pee pee,
1: pee pee Is there? Trying like, to get p- pucks in deep. I don't know. I don't use I don't use hockey euphemisms.
0: Clap bombs, <laughs>
1: Firk moms.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that's always been my go-to. That's not a
0: euphemism uh, though, is it? <laughs> yeah.
1: Popping bottles. This is a lifestyle. F and models. Uh, anywho, I'm out of here for the love of God. If you're going to wear masks and gloves, please wear them properly. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people reach up with a gloved hand to scratch under the N95 masks or answer their phone, holding their gloved hand and then hold it right next to their face. Mini rant over audios. Brett S says, Hey fellas, I have two future type questions for you. When targeting players, uh, when targeting draft picks for a trade, what do you think has more value getting a 2021 draft pick because a player would be able to have a year more of development or a 2022 draft pick because you have a chance at Lambert. Savoir or right
2: i think it always goes to the better skill set of the draft but that would be heavily subjective right um i would rather a 2022 pick because i feel like that's a much stronger draft than 2021 but you also have to factor in where's the pick going to be and what's the state of your franchise right so if you're going to have the chance to grab, let's say 10th overall pick, but you're a team that's in your window or about to be your window, you probably want that guy in your lineup ASAP. So it's probably better to get the 2021 pick because, Hey, maybe he's in the lineup by the 2022, 23 season. Um, like again, use call if, if you're Detroit, it doesn't matter. Give me the 2022 pick. Give me the extra lottery ball at Shane Wright. If I'm Colorado. No, get me a body in my lineup ASAP. Uh,
1: and how do we feel about a player like Michael grandland as a free agent? He seems like someone who'd be a great who'd be great to play with Mantha or Zadina and is young enough that in a few years could be a serviceable three C or Wing. Thanks from Brett. Uh
2: I'm a big fan of Michael grandland I have a gut feeling he's gonna be one of those uh free agents that gets heavily
1: overpaid this summer. Yep. Nice uh phil brown says salutations guys thought i would finally support the show with more than just shopping your logo on brett hall's chest thank you phil and welcome to the dub dub family he says first i couldn't help but notice a couple episodes ago that brad couldn't recall the german word for six it's sex you're welcome Ooh. uh, uh my- i'm so disappointed in myself i didn't remember that <laughs> My question is this. If we had not lost Konstantinov and Fisher, how many more cups, if any, would we have won? Been listening to the pod since year one. Thanks for providing some light in this dark hellscape of sports world. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Less than if we had Gretzky and Bure. I think Konstantinov could have moved the needle on one more cup.
2: Uh, Konstantinov and Fisher. I'm trying to think of the years. The Red Wings, they were good in 99, 2000, 2001, but I don't think they were major threats that year any of those years maybe 99 they could have got another one um oh oh three they probably should have
1: yeah oh three is what your are what what comes to mind there where uh there's vastly underperforming team that man
2: range oh 506 they should have uh, I don't know I don't know how effective Konstantinov still would have been at
1: that point but Fisher was just coming into his prime so had Konstantinov would have been like late 30s by then so
2: he was drafted the same year as Lidstrom so ah uh, yeah maybe yeah I'll say I'm still angry the the Red Wings should have more than one cup in the cap era They they absolutely should have more than just 08 um I don't know what to blame 09. that on That's 0506 Oh, 09 those two at least it's hard
1: to win a stanley cup man oh i know it is i know uh david says uh howdy got a hypothetical question for y'all if you were in charge of marketing for some minor league hockey team and you needed to create the ultimate theme night that would sell out your rank what theme would you go with hope all is well i'm gonna go get back to trying to work back to work to try to teach physics to high schoolers without internet oh man david you are a hero for that ultimate theme night two dollar beers doesn't matter the theme i was gonna Uh, say i'll (laughs)
0: make my own theme at that point
2: (laughs) uh well i don't know what would be a fun theme night at a hockey game Uh, well i guess it would be very locale dependent
1: but jeff low commented and said tiger king night and it's not even a debate and i think jeff low is right on that one
2: i'm i'm here for it um Nineties nights are always fun, but
1: a little overdone. Uh, Bring your pets night. Yeah, uh, logistically tough, but could be done. Um, um, only pr- Ric Flair Wu night and no Ric Flair Wu night. I was going to say some kind of pro wrestling theme could be fun. <laughs> yeah. You get a little chaotic uh alex ott says hey fellas hope you're doing well short one this time which player would be more frustrating to coach a player with mantha's shot but Philpula's reluctance to shoot or a player that has larkin's skill and impact but takes three penalties a game um larkin is a player with larkin's skill and impact and takes three penalties a game already so i'll go with mantha's shot but Philpula's reluctance to shoot
2: oh my god we had that player except we call no we called him riley (laughs) shahan yeah Remember yeah. Riley Shahan shot? He had a great he, snapshot. When he literally scored a goal and nobody knew it? You remember that one? Yeah. It was oh my God. Shehan is still to me
1: the biggest I don't get it of any Red Wings prospect. <laughs> uh mark says hey boys what are your favorite off ice training tools synthetic ice green biscuits hockey stick wraparounds stick handling balls anything you might use that i didn't list also thoughts on the added episode of tiger king terry be damned
2: um okay so off ice it's i mean nobody i'd say rapid shot, but nobody has the kind of money to put that in their house so if you have access to like a a public rapid shot anywhere go for that uh ryan and i are probably both biting the bullet on a super deaker soon because I, i absolutely love that um i mean it really depends what type of player you are like for the way i play hockey any anything to improve my puck handling i'm gonna take um so super Deeker is good any type of physical obstacle you can put in on a sheet um any type of tile setup is good uh,
1: wrist and ankle weights
2: ah uh, i'm not a big believer in there in those it sure it helps your power but to me it screws up your timing
1: Pavel Datsu would like to know your location
0: Yammer yeah, Yager and those massive weights he used to wear around his ankles in practice. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I Yeah, if you want to wear them on your body for strength, sure. But like those stick weights and stuff like that,
1: no, those aren't.
2: No, don't do that.
1: <laughs> Sean Chavarella says, hey, guys, so I have a question and or fun activity for you three. I have three players. Two of them are four-time Stanley Cup champs and one is three-time. I want each of you to pick a player and debate why they should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Draper, Osgood, and Holmstrom. Also, if you think it's too much effort, which one do you think, uh, if any, deserve to be in the Hall? Uh,
0: Didn't I just say a couple episodes ago that Chris Oster good is potentially an overrated player? Goalie. Yeah, you did. You did, and I, I
2: don't think we entirely disagreed with you. Uh, my answer here is I don't think any of them deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I think so-
1: all three of them, to some degree, are in the Hall of Very Good. If they went in, I think they would be considered one of the, like the more light picks, but not like out of this world considering some other picks for the Hall of Fame. But they definitely, uh, it would have to be a weak class in my mind.
2: They are Hall of Famers at their respective niche. Chris Draper is a fourth line Hall of Famer. Thomas Holmstrom is a net front Hall of Famer. Chris Osgood is a game manager
0: Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's, I mean. Chris
1: Osgood, Tom Brady, question
0: mark? Oh, God. They fit the roles perfectly on very, very, very good teams. But I think if you subtract them from those very, very good teams, they do not stand out or add their dynamic the way that they do on those teams. Um, Everett Johnson
1: with a hard hitter here. Are Pop-Tarts ravioli?
0: Yes. No, they're not.
1: <laughs> because it's not a pasta shell, right?
0: Right. It's in bread. Yeah. But... So-
1: Pasta, bread, all grains. Not the same thing.
0: The argument can be made.
1: No, Brad. Come on. Is cereal
0: soup? That would mean donuts are No. (laughs) There's no pasta shape like a donut.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A Boston cream could be a ravioli. Oh
1: man. Stop that! I'm
0: (laughs) I'm fat enough right now from this isolation.
1: First of all, you've done two things there, Brad. One, just display a fundamental misunderstanding of pasta shapes, and two, made me incredibly and morbidly curiously hungry. Uh, Jeff Lowe says hey guys I'm here to take over the podcast I know all about the censorship of patrons that's been going on and the just terrible takes I'll be cleaning house and bringing in the sweetest hitman you could hire we all know Brad is his own worst enemy and there's no question in my mind that he did it I know on Twitter they try to sensationalize the story a little bit to give it a villain and the villain is right here Follow-up to the last episode. Can you please do more in-depth reporting on the potential players in the second round that you think the Red Wings could slash should target? I recognize the draft isn't entirely unpredictable, and those picks could be quite valuable. If guys start slipping, perhaps bundling picks and moving up in the second round is advantageous if someone uh, they love has slipped big. It's fun to hypothesize, so have at it.
2: Okay, well, I'm not going to do anything with the late second round picks because it's just way too many variables that go into it. If we're looking at like our first second round pick, this is basically where I would look at the guys that I have ranked 19 to 31 because they're going to fall. Like I'm not going to nail this 31 out of 31. So if one of the guys like Paterka or Reichel, who I have ranked like high 20s, are still there, like when you get 27, 28, 29, yeah, I probably start looking at trying to trade up um depend how many guys fall if like five guys you really like fall no sense trading up because you know you're gonna get one of them um if you want that steady all around just really good defenseman kind of good at everything but doesn't uh but not spectacular you take a ryan Rourke, he ryan o'rourke he could be this year's jared McIsaac for us uh if you want again we already talked about noel Gunler. if he slips there's your home run swing and there's a good possibility he slips same with Hendrix Lapierre all the talent to be a top 10 top 15 pick but for him it's not character issues it's injury issues if Maverick Bork was a few inches taller he's a top 15 pick but here we go Jacob Perot, a guy who could score the lights out but is not a good skater you could take a swing at him I There's a lot of guys in this range where it gets super interesting. So I I just look at those guys in that range and get super excited that one of them might slip a Joe Vlano, but not quite to that extreme.
1: Yeah, if we have a license here to talk about guys who could slip or at least realistic at that like thirty-two range, um, other than who who Brad listed, in, like those are all really really great candidates for that. Like Reichel and Paterka would it be like home runs, or Paterka would be fantastic in my mind, especially. Um, Niederbach is someone who we talked about last episode. Like if the Red Wings don't end up with a centerman with their first pick, um, that's that's a, a potential high talent center that they can grab uh in the second round and he's not always ranked very high in the first round he's often ranked late first so that's another one where you can look for him um if you want to get crazy there's a lot of arguments about jake sanderson in the first round let's say those arguments carry steam in one direction the negative direction and he's not seen as refined enough to be a first round pick
0: there's no way no chance He's okay, not even going to be in the. Fi- he's not nine, even gonna be there at fifteen. I There's a better chance
2: Detroit gets him at four than thirty-two. <laughs> Don't you take you
1: take that back right now? Uh, and
2: after cider last year, I'm putting nothing off the table here.
1: Rony Hervonen, her yeah, that's how you say it, right? Sure. Um, another sentiment again. He's small. Um, f- phenomenal hands that's a guy who i'd be excited to be able to grab um in, in the second round wherever it is
2: i would love it if a guy like uh, zion nybeck fell to one of i wouldn't even be upset with him at 32 but if he fell to one of our late seconds man he, he's like what five foot two i'm pretty sure but tons and tons and tons of skill uh maxim groshev would be one of my targets with our late seconds as well like tons of skill just hasn't quite put it all together yet so Man, I'm I love how deep this draft is. I think we can get legitimately three studs in the second round with the three picks, but the problem is that list of guys that that could be is legitimately 40 players long. Zion yep.
1: Nybeck is 5'8, not
2: 5'2.
0: I know. <laughs> There's another I guy I looked it
2: up. I looked Ryan. it up. And I was
0: like really? Sarcasm, buddy. I'm I'm still all over uh James Hardy of from Mississauga. As someone who could be targeted in the late second, another guy I saw on a list um, that was maybe a little bit lower than I thought was Tyson Forster for Barry. Mm-hmm. I saw him play this year, and he was really good. Um, I think this year he actually had was more than a point per game player. So um, there's another guy who's kind of been all over the map in terms of his his draft ranking, and he could be there late second.
1: Did you say James Hardy? Uh yes. Oh, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I played for uh,
0: Mississauga. I think he scores goals like crazy.
1: Um, okay, jersey time. Which Canadian Junior League has the best jerseys? OHL versus QMJHL versus WHL. Oh, that's a, that's tough.
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the dub. The Dubs the, are good. The Dubs are good. You look at like Kelowna, Calgary. Everett, Seattle, Vancouver, I can think of so many good ones. Uh, Brandon, uh, Winnipeg, they got a lot of good jerseys out west. Like a lot. <laughs> and like good and unique good. Uh, there's the a, cute, there's a there's a lot of good ones in the OHL, but they're not original. Um, like because how could you argue against the Kitchener Rangers jerseys? They're just the New York Rangers jerseys, so we automatically love them, but they're not original right so
1: the q is really good for having pretty interesting original jerseys as well although i do think the w the dub hasn't beat yeah um the nanny is excellent stay fresh cheese bags don mitchell says hi guys been a minute i'm sure you've missed my dumb comments uh oh mentions the red wings um north america versus world rosters uh what are some of your isolation binges i'm rewatching scrubs and starting the outsider stay safe and cheers john don
2: I haven't watched nearly as much TV as I was hoping to, Um, so I'm still catching up on shows I've been trying to catch up on for a year now, so I'm almost caught, fully caught up on Homeland because the new season's out right now, and I'm starting in finally on the final season of Orphan Black, which I've been meaning to do for about a year and a half now, so those are my two go-tos at
1: the moment. Um, I've been watching old Masters tournaments so far I've watched 95 and 96
0: <laughs> that's not right it was 1986 97 and 2005 didn't they still on... use wood
1: golf balls in 1986
0: there was actually some really good golf that year <laughs> that was the year Jack won
2: wasn't every year the year Jack
0: won pretty much <laughs>
1: uh year it
0: was
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna move on so i can't have this conversation anymore yakaruta says i had a weird dream where i wound up being with you guys in a recording studio before the show you gave me a bottle of jägermeister and a bottle of coke am i listening to this podcast too much yeah how'd you get access to our uh, pre-shows it's supposed to that we don't record those for a reason k says what's up my dudes been a bit with all this covid 19 shenanigans would have thought i would get busier Not me. Fun fact. They say you can tell the difference between a Navy and an Air Force airfield just by looking at the tire marks on the runway. I'll link one of each here for you guys. Oh, I have not opened this up yet. There's a distinct reason why one looks like the way it does. Can you guess? I'll give you a hint. One lands on ships. So it's two pictures. Um, One is... Oh, that's funny. Yeah, just like fully worn down runways. And I think one of them is oh this is failing. this is failing miserably so i'm gonna have to review this for next episode i'm sorry um they land on ships you guys land oh that's right yeah uh okay i'm gonna move along here that would have been better when we were sharing screens i'm sorry k was i didn't prepare enough for that antonio gracia says introduce my fiance with community on netflix hashtag six seasons in a movie man that show in its heyday is like premier comedy What uh, show and- sorry uh community yeah um, binge recommendations other than tiger king ozark is another show where i watched the first season and loved it and actually just not have watched the second and third yet but apparently they're both really great uh,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm getting through the office right now
1: if anyone hasn't watched parks and rec do it i promise you the first season is a little painful after that i genuinely think it's one of the best comedies of all time
0: i think it's better than the office that might be a agree. bit of a hot take but i'm all enjoying right. it f- i enjoyed that show more than i'm enjoying the office now
1: But I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine better than both.
0: Fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has hardly had... I don't think Brooklyn Nine-Nine has ever had two bad episodes in a row. No. I'm not an Andy
0: Sandberg guy, so it's just...
1: Neither am
2: I. This is about the only thing he's in that I can say is, like, on any of my favorites
1: lists. Garrett TV says, Hi, socially isolated hockey amigos. One logistical, then one hockey question. First, how are each of you getting such clear and seamless audio while remote? Oh, man, it is a grind. <laughs> uh, if if a you struggle. guys want to
2: know what uh, your Patreon contributions go to, a good chunk of it went to these microphones.
1: <laughs> Mics, a lot of mixing software. Oh, man, have we learned a lot. I could probably get a minor right now in audio mixing. For all of you audio engineers listening, I thats i know that's not true. I know next to nothing. But we've had to look up a lot in terms of like back-end processing. If you want to know the details, shoot me a DM, and I'll, I'll give you a very boring list of stuff that we do. Um, hockey stuffs: pick one player to be quarantined with from each of our opponents in 97, 98, 02, and 08 Cups. Who do you pick? So a Flyers player, a Caps player, etc. Like oh, man. A, from that year or just any
2: Flyers player?
1: Uh, I guess from that year, I would have a hard time picking out players from those years, though. Um, 97
2: Flyers. 97 Flyers? Give me Ron Hextall. I'm here for a bit of crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 98. 98, the Capitals there? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Peter Bonder is one of my favorite hockey players from the 90s. How could I not?
1: 02, Archers Urbe. I think that would be an awesome one.
0: Uh, oh, Rod two. Brendamore would be interesting. Oh, Rod the Bod. I would be in such good
2: shape for once. Oh yeah, uh, I'd say Jeff O'Neill, but I've I've listened to him
1: enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'd go with Urbe. I like the weird goalies. Oh eight. I think I'd go Flower on that one. I think he seems like a cool guy.
2: Um. Oh eight. I hate the Penguins so much. Uh. I mean, just to pick his brain, I'd I'd have to go Sid
1: um matt whipple says hey love the podcast who's your favorite underrated prospect in the red wing system and if you could take a prospect from any other team who would it be thanks
0: oh chris man. terry <laughs>
2: can he uh, even be considered one no it was um
1: oh. prospect i'd steal is Trevor egress straight up
2: i th- okay so favorite underrated prospect from the red wing system the problem is i'm so in the weeds with with all of this um that like i feel like i could go 15 players deep and not consider them underrated i'll go Uh, jared
1: McIsaac just because people have forgotten his promise because of his injuries
2: Man, uh, okay. I'll give you one that's probably not that much of a hot take and then one that's a, a major hot take. So my not that hot take is I've come way up on Robert Master Simone. Uh, and if we're going off the board, I, I don't know why, but Carter Guylander has really grown on me as a goalie prospect. I long term project, but I, I think maybe we actually have something there. He put up. Ungodly numbers in uh, the AJ this year. So he was on a stacked team, so that gives me pause, which is why I think the rest of the world isn't um on his hype train yet. But I'll go. I'll go with Master Simone and Guylander, and then if I could steal a prospect from another team, oh man, um, yeah, Zegers is hard to go against. Uh, for the sake of being different the red wings have a real bad need for a left-handed
0: d i'll go bow byram
1: evan are there any uh words for you left to choose after that
0: i'll give you another left-handed d alexander romanov <laughs> Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah, it's not a bad who pick.
1: Who has declared his intention to sign with Montreal? All right, last one here from Stay Fresh Onion Bags of Fournier Company. It says, hey, fellows, thanks for the shout-out to Fred's last episode and to anyone who donated. It's greatly appreciated while we continue to pick up the pieces. I'm at the point where my con- dreams consist of me saying hi to my friends and giving them a hug. <laughs> uh, not sex, not romance, just in-person human contact. Uh, time to lighten things up with a lightning round of questions for each of you to quickly answer. Favorite Transformer: Autobot or Decepticon?
0: I can only name Optimus Prime. I'll
1: go with Bumblebee. Starscream. Favorite meat? Uh, uh, like, are we getting yes? ultra specific, or can I just yes. say like beef, <laughs> duck, pork? Is uh, the king of meats. Favorite nineties band: Chili Backstreet Peppers, boys. Blink One Eighty Two, Van Gogh or Monet?
0: Van Gogh. Monet. He's weird, though.
1: Pass. Um favorite teenage mutant ninja turtle donatello yes master
0: splinter nice
1: how do you like your eggs scrambled
0: in my mouth
1: (laughs) um sunny side up if not uh gordon ramsay scrambled eggs lebron or jordan oh jordan
0: yeah i'll take jordan
1: i didn't grow up with jordan I love watching LeBron. So LeBron for entertainment. Jordan, if you have to make me pick the goat. Oh, this one's funny. Parks, are, Parks and Rec or The Office? Parks, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Uh, favorite Steve Eisenman goal? That's a stupid question. Um, unless anyone has a different answer than the Gretzky Okay, steal. S-
2: Second favorite
1: Eisenman goal. Let's call Any an goal, goal he scored question. with one knee. Yeah. Uh, the one against Carolina. I think it was Carolina late in his career where he was Play on one leg and basically went around everyone and then uh, went backhand shelf, I believe it was. Okay, I'm going
2: to pick kind of an obscure one. Remember that one in the. Where Gretzky had
1: it and then lost it? That one?
2: No, it was uh, (laughs) in the conference finals against Colorado. It was a tie game late. I can't remember the game number where he pulled kind of that Zetterberg move under the stick shot at wah stopped it but then as he was skating behind the net banked it in off wah for the go ahead goal late in the third remember that yeah, one yeah, yeah, that yeah. one That's I love one. that goal that one gets me
1: fired up favorite bathroom candle scent fresh balsam
2: uh, anything
1: like vanilla cocoa butter uh, sleeping with a partner who talks in their sleep or farts in their sleep talks in their sleep farts. Everyone, everyone farts in their
2: sleep That's yeah and my wife and daughter both talk in their sleep so I'm very used to it favorite
1: stand-up comic uh oh god i'm gonna have to narrow that one down if it's not carlin it's john mulaney for me
0: i've seen um bill burr live that was really good i do like ricky gervais a lot and i I do still like louis ck a ton um i've seen jim jeffries
1: live big fan of his um filing taxes or waiting in line at the dmv we don't really have waiting in line at our equivalent of DMV. It's pretty fast. Are but you filing, kidding
2: me? Come to the one on Victoria Street, man. If I'm in and out of there in an hour, it's a win. So you, know but you I, can pick any one, right? I know, but the drive time balances out. Anyways, um, I I'd still rather wait in line and screw around right on my phone than have to deal with
1: that mountain of paperwork. Guaranteed second overall pick this year or giving Brad Marchand five random slaps how I met your mother style. Well, That's tough.
2: God, because yeah, I still want the draft lottery odds. Yeah, let's slap Marchand and just roll with the draft lottery
1: odds. You do it just because you know you'll be able to get like you, that. That's a great story. Out.
2: And I, and I'm not. There's not that big a gap between second overall and fourth overall for me, so I'm I'm still happy. Cake or pie?
1: Uh,
2: pie. It, de-
0: it literally depends on the
2: flavors. Give football. me
0: pie or give me death. I'll, I'll it- go pie
2: if I had to do some kind of apple cinnamon to trump everything else.
0: Favorite Wes
1: Anderson movie.
0: Oh, that's so easy. Grand Budapest Hotel. It's gotta that be that is Grand the Budapest culmination Hotel. of his work.
2: Yeah. Couldn't tell you more than two of his movies.
0: Isle of Dogs. Uh um, Haven't seen it. What's Fantastic Mr. Fox? Haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, what's the camp movie? I forget what it's called. Oh so, well
1: uh um headliner and two opening acts for your perfect dream concert oh shit I
0: nickelback don't... and avril levine <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh with smash smash mouth yeah that's it right there there, there
2: we go the perfect answer <laughs> canoeing or rappelling canoeing uh rappelling
0: my vertigo may not enjoy rappelling you have vertigo it just has a mind of its own but somehow when i snowboard it's all good uh, changing history
1: so the wings beat the Chicago in 2013 or San Jose in 2011 uh, you go 2011 because they had a better team then right
2: I'm going to go 2011 because give me that chance at beating Boston in the finals give me that satisfaction
1: two extra healthy seasons of Datsuk Zetterberg or Rafalski Rafalski I think Rafalski means they have they challenged for another cup
2: Mm, I think yeah. due to the timeline, the answer has to be Rafalski. But if we're going just on the player, it's Datsuk.
0: Yeah.
1: Top three most hated players in the league right now besides Marshan. So maybe we pick one each.
0: Oh, Ooh. man. Can we say I don't Marchand? really hate anyone right now. Oh, I got a few. <laughs> uh-
1: I love watching, like, Malkin's one of the best players in the world, but whenever he throws one of his tantrums, it just annoys me to no end.
0: I hate Duncan Keith.
1: Yeah, those are
2: good ones. Okay, I'm going to give two answers because the one I can't, I can't not pick Corey Perry, but do you know who's really starting to drag on me and who I'm getting, like, a, a, a distaste for, like you are with Malkin? Hmm. Kucherov. He is a huh. dirty person dirty whiny player like he's i can't argue how good he is but man kucherov's done some shit and he's won nothing so yeah but but Corey perry is the correct answer here
1: open palm slapping gary bettman or eugene melnick oh that's eugene melnick. obviously
0: i still don't uh, get over the bettman hate yeah i, don't I still can't hate, figure that out i don't it's hate a he's a
1: puppet for the owners and I, again, I think he does a good job. Um, Gronberg, Lambert, or Gallant? Mm. Sorry, say all those names again. Ricard Gronberg, uh, Lambert from the Islanders, or Gallant, who was fired from Vegas?
0: I'm going to say Gallant because he would be such a good fit. I, Gallant by a hair.
2: Yeah, I hate the cycle of... The NHL recycling the th- same thirty-one coaches over and over again, but Gallant was the best of them. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the certainty versus the gamble. Favorite cheese?
0: Um, bean in stir. my mouth.
1: I honestly have not met a cheese I don't like. Blue cheese and honey is one of my favorite snacks. Blue cheese and honey on like a cracker or like a plain baguette is one of my favorite snacks. All right. We are going to, every episode, I'm like, oh, this will be a short one, hour 25. Uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of the winged Wheel Podcast. Uh, guys, stay tuned. We have some pretty exciting things coming down the pipeline. Um, pay attention on Twitter and to all of our patrons, thank you so much for supporting us and um, keeping this podcast going uh, through the weirdest time any of us have been through in our lives. We'd like to thank all of our patrons, our name level sponsors, Terry, Arjun Shanker, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Ryan Lewis, Langebeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Sean Levine, Alex Ott, Ashley Van Conant, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton Danny Jr. Matthew Keeler, Craig Kibble, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Kay Waz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. We love you. And we will talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the winged wheel podcast. Be sure to check out winged wheel where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at winged Wheel pod, and of course the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.